Hey everyone, and welcome back to Spinning the Reel. I am your host, Evan, and again, we are without our co-host, Cody. Now, as far as I'm aware, this is the last week of the podcast that we will be without our beloved co-host, but that is, I I suppose, to be determined. In the meantime, though, uh, we do have another podcast for you here. Uh, We've got my good friend Emily uh, on the on the podcast today. Now, I know this is the February favorite films thing that we're doing, uh, but Emily could not decide on a single movie. Uh, we get into that a little bit in the episode. So what we ended up doing was talking about Birds of Prey, uh, which is new and we haven't talked about on the podcast yet. So... It's a, it's a good conversation about a movie that I think is better than people maybe expected it to be. Anyway, it's, it's a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. In the meantime, though, uh, if you're looking for more podcast content, we still have a ton of stuff for you in the backlog there. Uh, since Cody's been gone, we have an Oscars episode uh, with Zach. We have uh, an episode with my brother, Sean about Goodfellas. So check those out and give this one a listen to about Birds of Prey. And when Cody comes back, we're going to talk about his favorite film, which he is still deciding on. So with that, enjoy the episode and uh, welcome to the show, Emily. Joining me now on the podcast is a good friend of mine, Emily. Welcome to Spinning the Reel. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, Evan. This is not the first time we've done a podcast together, but hello again. <laughs> I was going to say, so for a little background for, for the listeners here, we had our own podcast along with uh, a couple friends, and um, that doesn't exist anymore. But do you have any fond memories of our old podcast? I liked it when we all yelled at you at the same time because you tried to turn this one movie political and we all just started laughing at you. That was my favorite memory. Okay, let's not act like that happened just one time. <laughs> Dude, what movie was that? Do you remember? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, that is an objective. Okay, we don't need to get into this again. <laughs> if anyone wants to find the archives, I will not name the name of that podcast. but I'll find it for you. DM me. Okay. Yes, but I was correct about that and that's all that matters. He wasn't. Okay, so, (laughs) all right, so Emily, so the whole point of this month of movies that we're talking about on this podcast was to have different guests on, talk about their favorite movies, Um, but you could not pick any one movie. No, 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 that Spy Kids is not a cinematic masterpiece. And two, I did pick a favorite movie and you were like, no, I'm not watching that. That's not my fault. Hey, do you want to tell the people what it is? It's The Greatest Showman. I have no shame in this. Okay, all right. You forget See, that I have a huge poster of Hugh Jackman in my house I that just, I stole from a movie theater. Like, I don't it's there. forget it. I choose not to remember it. 
Um, well, I know what your yes. wedding. So is. okay, remember, I offered to let you talk about. You want to tell me why I should watch The Greatest Showman? No, I don't want to do that for an hour. Make I don't think case. anybody wants to listen to that. I'll just no, yell at you over text message. Case. Make no. a two minute case for why anyone should watch that. Movie if I only get two that minutes, that has been entirely forgotten by everyone but you, forgotten. because you, you have a poster what? reminding you of it. Because Hugh Jackman's a beautiful soul. That, I mean, that's true. Um, Josh actually made a very interesting case. Josh is one of our other co-hosts from the old pod- podcast. Yep, I was I actually telling him. Here. Yeah, I was actually telling him that, like, oh, Evan's having me come on his new podcast. Um, he says one of the episodes can be me just convincing him to watch The Greatest Showman. And he actually came up with a bunch of good points that I'm going to butcher. So I'm not going to say anything right now. <laughs> Give me, like, the best one. What was the best one? It has a social justice message in it. And we are shocked. You did about not abusing on- animals? No, not about abusing animals, about abusing people. Oh, okay. And we are shocked you did not hop on that message and immediately turn it into something weird. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I couldn't, you know, and I and I don't want to. So that's that. We could have watched High School Musical and you also said no to that. Just I've seen High School Musical. We can talk about that, too. But that movie, <laughs> I, I feel like the ripple effect of that movie has just been disastrous for society. Everything that's bad about the world right now is a result of High School Musical. Wait, okay, okay. I changed my mind. I want to talk about High School Musical now because I want to know how global warming relates to High School Musical. Um, oh, geez. I didn't really think this through. I didn't let's think you go. were going to dig into that. Yeah, um, let's go. I don't know. We're, we're all in this together. The world's burning. Who, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very dumb. I mean, what, what has Zac Efron contributed to if you watch The Greatest cinema. Showman, you would know. At least, okay, look at at least when you were talking about Twilight, Robert Pattinson has become a great actor and given us so many great and iconic roles. But Zac Efron, what, is, what has he really done for us? The Greatest even Showman, neighbors? Uh, neighbors, he was in Baywatch, he was in... Yes, he, none of this is, is good. No, he was in that other uh, 13, no. I don't know, it has Matthew Perry in it. And he, that, another bad movie. You know the one seventeen I'm about, again. Right? Yeah. Seventeen again. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Okay, and then Vanessa Hudgens. I got to see her boobs. Why? You? Oh, you weren't there for the whole scandal, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. She had like a whole scandal on Disney Channel, and the Jonas Brothers got involved, and it was bad. That's all you need to know about it. I, I mean, anyway, I saw her boobs, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers came out of this unscathed. It seems like. Yeah, they're actually doing really well right now, which is weird. And good for them. It's weird hearing them in a not teenage screamy girl context. I don't know. Yeah, I like but it. I mean, I like, it, their music weird. before, I, I feel like their music now isn't really all that different from, like, their music before. It's just who, I guess that the audience for that music has grown up five or ten, however long ago the Jonas Brothers were making music. Like it's eight less, years ago or whatever. It's less poppy like i don't know yeah it's a little bit less poppy and it's a little bit more like i don't know i've heard the song sucker it's pretty poppy i didn't even know that was a song (laughs) (laughs) anyway we're off topic here talking about the jonas brothers because of high school musical which they were not in as far as i'm aware um why don't we why don't we just skip ahead here to a movie we've both seen (laughs) so (laughs) This is a uh, favorite movie February, and we're just totally disregarding that because we could not agree on a movie to talk about on this podcast. It is now fuck you February. So 
Exactly. So we're going to talk about a new movie that has not been discussed on this podcast yet, and that's Birds of Prey. So I saw your Twitter that you you saw this movie and you enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, like it was entertaining, and that's kind of all there was to it. And that's kind of and I know we've always had we've had this fight tons of times, me and Evan, that like I for me a good movie is entertaining, and that to me was a good movie because it was completely entertaining. There were some problems that I had with it. But on, like, the whole, it's one that I would totally tell, like, all my friends to go see. And, like, it's a good sleepover movie, I think. I could see that. Let's dig in a little bit on that um, entertaining movie aspect. So you say to be a good movie, it's got to be entertaining. Is that, is it, like, one-to-one? Or what what makes a good movie? I know we've talked about this, but this is a new podcast with (laughs) probably at least maybe one different listener. Who knows? Only one? I I mean, I'm assuming nobody listens to this, but if someone does... (laughs) The odds they listen to our old podcast are very low. Yeah, so if, you, if you're coming person, here from our old podcast, I'm really sorry that you've stuck with us this far. And please go outside. Yeah, yeah you really should find something better to do with your time, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, so tell tell the people what makes a good movie in your uh, admittedly flawed opinion of film. Uh, well, first, it's everything that you don't like in a movie. So shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> for me, a good movie has to be entertaining so i have to be invested in the characters the storyline has to interest me and it has to at least th- this is kind of hit or miss because there are movies that i like that aren't funny but i like comedy movies okay so i know you're like super all up in parasites business right now and like to be honest i thought that was a really good movie i never want to watch it again though because it made me super depressed hey, it's <laughs> like, not just me parasites getting around okay oh no no i'm like glad it is but like and like i'm glad it's won it deserved everything it won i just don't want to watch it again it, i'll tell you it's um it's really good on a rewatch because you catch all of these little things that you know how like a lot of times you watch a movie and there's a twist and you can look back at it in that moment and be like oh yeah these pieces kind of add up to this yeah parasite has all that but you don't even notice it like it's so subtle that you you can't even pick up on it until like you go through and and see it happen again there was one that i was looking at and it was like bonus rewatch if you watch the first time the dad goes up the stairs knowing what you know it's Mm -hmm. weird and like at some point i will watch it again i will just have to watch it not as close and i feel the same way as i do about midsummer some are sorry like it was a good movie but also like i don't want to watch it again <laughs> oh yeah for sure no there's a part where so you remember when i can't remember if i told you this before but the son what was his name again in midsummer no 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 in parasite <laughs> the, the young kid um why can't i think of it right now because you're not oh, a true parasite song, fan um, so when the song comes down the stairs and like that first interaction with Kevin and the, the housekeeper is like, Oh, I'll make you any snacks you want or whatever. And then the mom turns to her and or turns to him. is just like, Oh yeah. She knows this house better than anyone. It's just like, damn. That's, oh that's shit. That's pretty good. <laughs> the so. one that I did, the one that I did catch, um, for Parasite was when he was saying like, they were asking her like, is she a good housekeeper? And he's like, Oh yeah, she ate enough for two. I was like, hold up. <laughs> and that's when I did think back that, on it. I'm I like, didn't even, I hadn't even thought about that. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that yeah. is a good one. Yeah, there's just like so much of that stuff just sort of littered throughout the movie. 
that it's um every time you watch it you're just like dang man this is this is pretty perfectly put together like i think like that movie was good and like i'll say that now it was a great movie and i think part of a good movie for me too is it has to stand up to the test of time and when i'm putting together my list of the movies i liked for that year it's strictly for that year so mm-hmm. like i enjoyed detective pikachu a little bit more than i enjoyed parasite because i did not leave detective pikachu absolutely when he insane. insane you know what i, well, thing I mean, to say i liked it but i think parasite has more longevity which is why overall um parasite would be higher on my list than detective pikachu but for this year detective pikachu is higher so when i do my year list it's more short short term when i do my my big right. ultimate list it's more long term but that's kind of how I see the movie, and I know you were confused by that for some reason. I don't know. It's not really a hard concept to grasp. No, I mean, I get it. I get that that movie is, like, unpleasant in the final, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Maybe even, like, the the last, the back half of it is kind of an unpleasant experience, but it's so good. It's not, I don't even think it's, like, the back half of it that's unpleasant for me. It's just, um, it's, like, the last half an hour no not even half an hour you're talking about when it gets a little bloody when yeah and you know how i feel about gore half the time i see a movie i'm like you could have warned me about the gore and you're like it wasn't that bad i was like yes it is i i feel like parasite wasn't that bad no it definitely wasn't i think actually birds of prey was a little bit worse there were some times where i flinched and i I think we're gonna get to that where i flinched real bad and i went okay i've got to look away at this point i just grabbed i grabbed josh and i was like nah so yeah so let's talk about birds of prey again because that movie so dc is sort of interesting have you seen a lot of the newer dc movies like i'm talking about post christopher nolan batman trilogy so like once christian bale stopped being batman i was gonna say that i've actually only seen the last two batman movies i have not seen any of the other dc movies at all i don't i don't think i've even ever seen like the old batman movies with um michael keaton i haven't seen those either yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen the Michael Keaton ones. But so you, you didn't see the um, Christian Bale Batman's? I saw the last two. So I saw the one with Batman? Bane, and I saw the one with Heath Ledger. I did not see the one. Oh, with they also. they made more Batman movies with um, with Ben Affleck after that. Oh, I ignore those. I didn't know they existed. I thought that was a joke, and then yeah, I never so... heard anything about it, so I assumed it was a joke. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I I think we're all trying to forget about that. But like in that period, there was Man of Steel. You never saw Man of Steel? No, and I didn't see Wonder Woman either. I was on my watch list, and I heard it was real good, but I never got around to watching it. The new Wonder Woman, you should watch the trailer. The um, It looks like a blast. Like, it's all 80s nostalgia. Like, it, it looks pretty good. Like, that whole shit's my, like, 80s are my aesthetic, like, with the color and the neon. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering how it's going to stand up if I go see it, and I haven't seen the first one. And I don't actually know anything about Wonder Woman. Because, like, you know, superheroes aren't my thing. And we, we've, yeah. we've kind of talked about that before, too. Like, I hadn't seen any Marvel movies. I'd seen, what, like, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And that sure. was it. Like, I, I mean, legit haven't seen any of the, of the other ones. Seen. I mean, they're mostly bad, right? I, I think I, your, I don't know. <laughs> your point about entertaining movies is especially apt for the whole superhero genre because, like, it's all nonsense. It's all made up nonsense, right? Like, you're not going to a a Batman movie or a or a Birds of Prey movie trying to like learn something about the world. That's not the point of these movies. Like, the point of these movies is to be entertained and watch a bunch of super people kicking ass so 
like at least for that movie specifically, I think entertainment is the goal. And one of the things that was so concerning or obnoxious maybe even about DC after uh, Christopher Nolan, because Christopher Nolan made these like super serious, you saw the last two, uh, Batman yeah. movies with Christian Bale. And then after that, they brought in Zack Snyder to do all of these um, like gritty DC heroes starting with Superman and they did um, they brought Batman into it. They made, I think justice league and all the movies were fucking terrible. They all sucked. Well, I heard like, about no justice one cares. Yeah. Um, is green lantern part of DC? I, he is right, but not Ryan Reynolds. Green lantern is not part of that new universe that like just came out or is it? I don't I know. I <laughs> think that's all correct. Yeah. I think okay. green lantern is DC. And I think, that that movie came out before they created this whole shared universe. But what they did with it is like, they made all these terrible movies. Everybody hated them. And then except for like some really crazy people on the internet, which is also obnoxious, but then they made wonder woman and it was like a good serious superhero movie. And then after that, they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to make crazy bat shit off the wall movies. So they make Aquaman, which is just like one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. You know, I, I no plot. But I've heard people really enjoyed that one. Oh, it was fun. It was fun as shit. But it was yeah. like it, it was a total departure from what they were doing. Oh, they did Suicide Squad too, which was a mess. Oh, which and is I, how we get to which is how we get Birds of Prey, which is now right. Got right. it. Right. Exactly. And now they're remaking Suicide Squad with the same cast. I think uh, it's very strange. Wait, why? Are they like redoing the whole thing? Is it a sequel? Like, what's I think it's sort right? of like a sequel slash soft reboot of the whole thing. I don't, I don't understand how it's working. But they brought in the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, so it should be at least kind of amusing. Yeah, it should be fun at least. Yeah, they made Aquaman, and that was fun. And they made Shazam, and that was fun. It probably should have been. And then I want to miss him. I think, and they make first now, I guess. Yeah, um, and, it's fun, and, fun, and like a total pop movie, which is great. I, I don't know. I feel I didn't watch Sazam because I know we were talking about that too. Where I didn't watch Sazam because I was like, this movie just looks like it's not going to be good. And you came back and you were like, it was okay. And I know I saw some of it at Comic Con when we went, but I was like, what I don't part know. did you see? Do you remember? Um, I saw the first, no, that's not right. Um, I saw the part where he gets Shazam. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Oh, there's like I... a wizard or something like an old, old guy. Yeah. And he like yeah. looks at the, he's, he's like reading the comic and then the guy just shows up and he's at the convenience store. I, I, this was like a year ago. So you're going to have to forgive me if I don't remember the specifics. Yeah. But I remember you you came back and I was like, was it good? Because it doesn't look like a movie I enjoyed. Like, is it serious or is it fun? And you were like, it's kind of both. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to go see this then. They made they made big is what they did. They made big with uh, superheroes. Oh. Eh. Yeah, I know. I could be I could be persuaded, I guess, but not that much. <laughs> I, I mean, I I think it's on HBO maybe for like the rest of the month and it's it's fun it's an entertaining movie there's weird parts where like demons bite the heads off of people but Neat. other than that 
yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know what else to say about that movie. It was, it was good and fun. Um, but Birds of Prey. Okay, I, I want to go into this review saying that I've never seen any of the DC movies. I saw like the first five minutes, like I said, of Shazam. I didn't watch Suicide Squad. I know nothing. I don't. I didn't read Batman as a kid. I watched the animated series when I was five. I don't remember any of this, so I went in as blind as you can kind of get at this point. I feel like uh, you don't need Bruce a whole Bray. lot of back knowledge, though, right? Yeah, and like it was, it was kind of nice because not knowing, I still was able to kind of comprehend what was going on and enjoy what I like what I could of the movie. And if there was like a throwback or something, I might not have caught that. And apparently there was a couple of throwbacks to Suicide Squad, and I just missed them. But apparently they weren't huge. so I'm guessing that everybody missed them. (laughs) Because who saw that movie? Because nobody remembers Suicide Squad. Yeah, exactly. But Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Why? Um, I thought it it was entertaining. I, I think it was one of those movies that has a little bit of something for everybody. Like, you've got the comedy aspect of it. Where it's comedic, but it's not like overly comedic. It works in a, its own way, and I want to talk about that too because some people were complaining about that. Um, I liked that, and then I liked um, the action scenes are pretty cool. And I'm saying that as somebody who doesn't like action scenes or fight scenes at all. Like I get bored during car chases and action scenes and flying and all this other stuff. Like I get bored during those, and I actually kind of liked these. They were okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty well choreographed. Yeah, and I was really impressed with the, like, the sprinkler scene. Uh, like, I was, at first I was like, oh boy, here we go with the sprinkler scene, because I've seen that sprinkler scene done a million times in what a million different movies. Scene? When did the that part, happen? Um, when she breaks Cassandra out of the, Cassandra out of the, um... The oh, jail. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that was cool. See, that was cool, because I've the way I've seen it done is, um... And this is probably the worst example ever. And like, I hated it, but it was in Resident Evil. <laughs> and oh, they have like, you know, Mila Jovovich and Ali Lauder in ripped clothing and like the water's coming down and they're, it's everything's clinging to their chest. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go with that. And it actually didn't go that way. So I was really impressed. Yeah. I was pretty happy about that. I was so a little confused. All of the crazy DC fanboys on the internet were very mad that that kind of thing didn't happen in Birds of Prey, which is just dumb. Like, yeah and that was like one of the things i was looking up too is they were like oh this movie's feminist agenda and i was like it's not though because i don't really understand why people are saying that they're like oh the bad guy was white well the bad guy's white in like every single fucking movie yeah <laughs> like what's your white guy's point? bad that's that's true um no i could kind of see that i mean if you want to get into this right now let's get into it right now i think that there is sort of a feminist element of the whole thing and and it's just there sort of has to be when you're making a movie about five women fighting a dude that is basically the personification of toxic masculinity and that's what ewan mcgregor's character is yes essentially he's just this petulant rich entitled white dude who yeah. is like descends into toxicity uh, a few times in the movie especially that one scene where um he makes that the woman in his club strip. Oh yeah, that was so uncomfortable. It was, and I and thought so that was like, well done too because it wasn't played for laughs. And I know there would be a couple movies that would play that kind of thing for laughs or be like, "Oh, look at his power," but it made it very uncomfortable for everybody. So I really did appreciate that. You know what I mean? 
And the great thing about it too is the rest of, not the rest of it, but a lot of Ewan McGregor's performance in that movie was sort of played for comedy, right? And yeah. so to be able to thread the needle of that being his character, being that sort of uncomfortable, but still you can laugh at him and to have it just stop and like the whole movie stands still for a minute while he is, but he does uh, something that's actually serious. Woman. Yeah, and, yeah. And it totally works tonally, which is pretty impressive for a movie that is, I guess, as irreverent as this movie is at times, like to, to be able to be serious for that moment too. Yeah. Is kind of good, I think. I think so too. Like I thought it was very well done where you could see like the campiness, but then there was a part where you could see where it started getting kind of serious and it didn't like jump that line like head first mm -hmm. and go like, haha, just, you know, we're going to put this twist on you out of nowhere and it's not going to be very well done. And we're just going to make this into an action movie. And that's kind of what I liked about it. It's still like a very, it was a very gradual transition and it made sense. And it still had some of the elements of like the comedy in it. So it was still, I was still invested in it. Yeah. I mean, just going back to the whole girl power element of it, like the whole movies, it's, well, they changed the title of it because not enough people are going to see it. But it was originally called, do you remember the full title? It was um, like Birds, Birds of, of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah. And it's basically all about Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie's character, finding value in herself apart from joker like i thought that was really cool but i like i thought that was cool and i thought it was empowering but i i don't agree with the people who have been screaming about how this movie's feminist agenda i just it just happened to be a movie with mostly females in it and people are just like up in arms about it and i don't think that's necessarily the correct assumption to be making about it like it definitely is like oh girl power like empowering women and stuff but it's not like I'm going to ram this down your throat. And if you're like a guy, you're a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't get that. I feel like the people that are making that argument are just dumb, though. Yeah, I you feel know? that, too. They're like, oh, it's feminist agenda. I'm like, did you see it? And they're like, no, I didn't. I just don't want to see it because there's women in it. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. then. Well, and the women in it were good for the most yeah. part, I thought. I thought Margot Robbie, she just looks like she's having a blast playing Harley Quinn. And like after the disaster that was Suicide Squad, that she wanted to put together her own uh, Harley Quinn movie, just tells you like how much fun she has in it. I thought um, Black Canary was good. Her name's uh, she was really good. Yeah, Journey Smollett Bell was yeah great. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was fine. I thought and Rosie Perez was okay. Rosie Perez's character just in general, I don't think it's Rosie Perez's fault, but it's just her character in general is kind of weird. I mean, right. she, she she does play a critical part in the story, but also like the character, the way she talks, the way she acts, like they 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 lampshade it by saying like, oh, she's an 80s movies um, detective. Like, it's yeah. kind of weird. Like, it's not bad, it's, but she's it's a little weird. underwritten otherwise. Yeah. Ewan McGregor was great, too. He's not one of the women in the movie, but he, he was quite good. Oh, he was real good. I actually, I, I didn't realize it was Ewan McGregor. At first, for some reason, my brain kept thinking it was Jason Bateman, and I knew it wasn't Jason Bateman. <laughs> but he, he made me, the, the when, he, when it was appropriate, he did make me laugh. Like that part where they're um, on the bridge and Harley's apologizing, and he goes, Ew! I just fucking lost my shit <laughs> in the theater. I was cracking up. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you about um, 
How did you feel about him? And I don't know what the other guy's, his henchman's name is. Victor Zaz was the uh, character's name. Okay. Were Zaz and Silly Yas, Silly Nos? What? What's the bad guy's name? Roman? Roman Sionis. Sionis. Okay. Was Sionis and that guy, were they a thing? I don't think so. Okay, because I, I kind of got like over, sense, I got like but... undertones of it, and I wasn't sure if I was crazy or not until I walked out of the theater, and a whole bunch of people were like, "Hey, wait, was that like a thing?" And I, I'm like, okay, I mean, maybe it's not me." I hadn't heard that take before, but if that's what people are saying, then okay. Yeah, well, I mean, because there's that whole part where um, Black Canary comes in, and then what's his face? Zaz. Uh, Zaz. Zaz gets like really jealous and he starts trying to get um Roman's uh attention back and he's like, Oh, we have Harley Quinn. And like Oh yeah, to- I think I oh. kind of just took that as like, oh, I like there's something important going on that I'm trying to tell you, and you're being all horny with the black canary. Oh, okay. That, See, that's kind of how I took that scene. And I think that's fair. I just that that's kind of was I was like, hmm. I wonder. And then there was that whole part where he's like, calm down. I'll get him to calm down. I'm the only one that gets him to calm down. I'm the only one that knows what he needs. It was very like overprotective boyfriend kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and that's I, why I, I was mean, like, mm. I didn't see Suicide Squad, but I think that Victor Zaz was in that and he was like Joker's assistant before. Oh, was he? Okay. I didn't I, know. I don't know. <laughs> I, so... I, I think that's like his role in the. Uh, Batman universe or whatever. He's like the henchman guy to all these villains. So I, I honestly don't know. What a cool job! Like can just you imagine putting being that on the right hand man. Yeah, like that's a pretty shitty job though, because all those villains are just like very, I don't know, over. They overreact a lot, and like you, you fuck one thing up, and you, you're dead. Yeah, but I mean, if you do your job well, I, I, and I hate saying this, but like, I. I there's like this whole thing about in the movie being true to yourself and, you know, like not selling out because you, you know, somebody sells Harley out. I'm like trying to talk around it. Cause I don't know how spoiler we were getting into, but like somebody sells Harley out and, and then Harley yeah. kind of has to sell somebody else out in turn. And she's like apologizing for it. But like, I get why she did it. Wait, who you know sold, what I mean? Who sold Harley out? I remember Harley selling out. Uh, the, ta- the Taiwanese someone. guy. Oh, that's he right. tells the mercenaries where she lives. Yeah. And like I get it, you know, like he but like he was like, Oh, I needed the money, and then she was just like, I needed the protection. That's why I had to sell um you out. And like, you know, I get it, and as much as it sucks, like I get it. Everyone's out for themselves. Yeah. But I mean, also if you're in a position where you die when when your choices are death or that, like I I get why you have to do that kind of thing. And I do like the fact that she's like, no, she acknowledges like, oh, I'm a shitty person. She's not like the moral bastion of whatever like she understands she's not a good person points her out to be yeah and that's what i really really liked about that too um the other thing i thought was really really funny was that she didn't go in being violent and she 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 went in being violent but she went in being violent not with bullets and blood but with like glitter and confetti and i was just clapping my hands through that scene i was so excited it was it was very fun to watch I mean, I feel like it's hard in the year 2020 to, like, really enjoy a ton of gun violence. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was one of the biggest issues I had with uh, John Wick 3 last year was it was so, like, heavily just, like, machine guns firing at each other. And it's just like, this is an unpleasant thing to sit through. 
and one of the cool things, I mean, there, there are a few guns in Birds of Prey, but there's like, for an uber violent movie, like it's a lot of not gun violence. Yeah. Which I, I appreciated. Yeah, I like that too. I I was going to ask you how you felt though, um, about how she says that, oh, Roman doesn't like me because I voted for Bernie. That was like one of the that reasons was funny. that came up. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure how you were. I didn't know if you would like that or if you were like, that's weird. No, I caught that and I was like, that's funny. I like, I don't know, just it, I don't think it really mattered, but it was just like a little toss in thing that was just like, oh, okay, that's on the list of grievances. Um, let's talk about what kind of didn't work for the movie. And the big thing for me that I think didn't work in this movie specifically was that the very best parts of it were at the end when they all teamed up and were like kicking ass together which is, I think, sort of the point of this whole superhero team-up thing. And it took so long to get all these characters together. We had to go through this plot where we would jump back in time to tell someone else's story. And then once we caught up, well, we'd jump back in time to tell another part of the story. And it's just like, just show me what happened and then get all these people that are fun and charismatic and have good chemistry on screen and have them just like, beat the shit out of bad guys like that's See, what we're I, after in this movie i did agree with that that they got together very very late in the movie because i was under the impression from all the promos and like the um the one trailer that i saw for it and from all uh, it was all over la it's been like all over the billboards and um what is it the grove mall has their ads plastered everywhere right and you know, I, I was under the impression was that like, oh, a ragtag team of people get together to take down this one guy. And it turns out that only happens for the last like half hour. Right. It's, and that it's was a little just like an hour plus of like figuring out why they all need to get together before they actually do it. Yeah. And I think it, that would have been cool if it were like a mini series. You know what I mean? Each episode was dedicated to one of the characters. Like that would have made a really good miniseries, but as a movie, it's kind of, it's, it's hard to follow. And I, I know people were complaining about the narrative style of like, oh, we're going to jump back in time and I'm going to explain who this is and who this is. I don't know if it's just me because I haven't, I, I'm not familiar with the DC universe, but I kind of appreciated that because I don't know who any of these people are. Like Black Canary, I don't know anything about her and they kind of went back and they're like, oh, she's affiliated with him through this and then uh, Huntress or a, what is it? The crossbow killer. <laughs> she likes, yeah, she does exactly. not like to be called. Like they were like, oh, here's her backstory. She was like, you know, her whole family was killed. And one of them was like, that was helpful for me because I had not known any of that. And to me, that's not like a detriment because the flow of the story, it's pretty much the same kind of fast pacedness until it hits the end. And the end, there's no flashbacks. You know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. why it worked for me. And also, I'm used to talking to my friends where they're like, oh, my God, I have to tell you about this drama that happened last month. But before I tell you that, I have to tell you this backstory. You know, Which like, is fine. Yeah. And like, movies like this do that all the time where you do jump back and you learn, okay, this character is, which is great. But my problem is they spent, like, way too much time about the dumb breakfast sandwich thing and then finally we get to something interesting where she breaks into the prison and like halfway through we're breaking into the prison they're just like wait we're gonna go back and tell you this story about the cop that nobody cares about in the first place and so like that it just broke it up in a way that like ruined the pacing of the movie for me yeah i think that, that that's the one yeah that's the one scene on that where i was like wait hold on 
they could have done that part a little bit better, but I don't, I don't really object to the other ones that they were doing where Huntress came in and they kind of did like a backstory on Huntress. I was like, okay, that's cool. But the one in jail that did interrupt the flow of the story. I do agree, but I was still grateful for it because I didn't know anything, but I do agree. It does interrupt the flow of the story. It's not a detriment in my opinion, but I can see why people would say it is a detriment. I mean, she comes in and she's like shooting glitter bombs at, at cops. And it's just like, this is, this kicks ass. This is great. I'm enjoying myself. And then it's just like, well, let's stop because I need to tell you some other thing that happened. It's like, no, no, let's continue on with the with the glitter bombs and such. See, that's what I was thinking, too, was that like she was going to go in and be like, where's Cassandra Kane? And then they were going to go through and the kid's going to be like, how'd you find me? And then we're going to get a recap at that point. I didn't like that they stopped it in the middle of her just like confetti cannoning the fun gun out of like everything. That would have been way better. Yeah, and I think that's how, that's how I wanted them to do it, um, and that's not what happened, so I understand why people are like, oh, that didn't work. Like, uh, yeah, because it, it didn't. Like, I get it. Right. And so I think, you'd say go see Birds of Prey? I'd say so. I think it's a fun movie if you're not going to take it. If you go in understanding it's not going to be a serious movie, you're going to have a good time. If you go in expecting it, to be this angry feminist agenda fuck the patriarchy kind of thing you're already not going to enjoy it so don't go see it because you're just going to be like well that just you know enforces this part being a baby and go see it yeah like i thought it was fun i didn't know if josh would enjoy it when we went to go see it we kind of made it as a girl's thing and he actually i think he might have enjoyed it a little bit more than i did ask him right now josh did you enjoy it josh did you enjoy the movie he says yes. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's a total agreement on this podcast. It, it was a fun and fine movie. Is that the it's only fun. thing you've seen this year? No, Um, I did see Parasite. We just talked about that. Well, Parasite was technically last year, but you, you saw it this year. I did. Um, I saw Booksmart this year. That was in January. Oh, wait, no. Th- we're thinking we this saw- year, huh? Oh, yeah. shit. It's 2020, not 2019. I've been it adding is. it to the wrong list. Have you seen uh, the new To All the Boys I Love Before sequel? No spoilers. I want to see it. I want to see it. I heard it wasn't that good, though. No, and, and so it was like the first one was genuinely like a – I don't want to necessarily use the word revelation because I feel like that's giving too much credit to All the Boys I Love Before. But it was fun and fresh, and it it was a romantic comedy, but one that actually felt like something you hadn't seen before. This new yeah. one, it just like it captures none of the magic of the first oh, one. Oh, that's but sad. You'll um, probably is disagree. Knives Out from this year? Nope, that was from last year as well. Knives Out. Did you from like last Knives year? Out? It was interesting, and I actually was going to ask you if you wanted to do a separate podcast about this, but um, the parallels between uh, Knives Out and Parasite. Very interesting, I thought, but that's that's for a different day. They they are sort of both eat the rich movies. Yeah, except one. Mm, I mean, yeah, but again, we'll get that into that a different day. Um, one of the other things that people were complaining about the movie that uh, after because after I watched the movie, I like to go online and read what everybody says because uh-huh. half the time I've missed like so much stuff because I was just having fun and people were like, "Did you notice this is a um like a callback to this and this and this?" And I'm like, "That's cool. I didn't know that. I didn't see that other movie." Um, one of the big complaints was people were saying like, oh, they were trying to make a Deadpool movie. I didn't really get that impression. Really? I could see the the parallels to it. I mean, Harley Quinn breaks the fourth wall a fair amount in Birds of Prey, which is a, a Deadpool thing. Um, 
But I, I do think it's sort of, and it, I mean, it's very violent. It's R-rated. It, there's, I could see sort of like uh, the surface level comparison, but it didn't ever really feel like it was the same thing. I actually think Deadpool is a little like snarkier and more yeah. self-aware than yeah, Birds of Prey is. a little bit more slapstick, I think, in regards to like self, uh, like when he makes fun of himself or when he makes fun of other people. Yeah. Yeah. When he's doing, he's being self-deprecating. And such. Yeah. I, someone was saying this on some other podcast I was listening to, but they were saying that, like, this movie, Birds of Prey, wasn't weird enough to warrant. Because, and I think it was in the context of, like, this movie, I don't know if bombed is the right word, but. It didn't make as much as they thought it was, definitely. Exactly. And I think it, so, Sonic is beating it right now, which is weird. I, I have. Who knows? The whole. Everything <laughs> about Sonic is weird, from the human teeth to the the redesign everything i cannot but wait to go see this like i'm so excited i i hope that they just put like the original cut of sonic without updating the graphics out so just like green screen like green screened no no like old sonic. no like old sonic the, the old design oh good lord no yeah, I like. I want to see. I wish that they would have just been like, "This is Sonic now. This is what he looks like." Why would you wish that upon the world? That is so cursed. Like... Okay, but <laughs> this isn't. This isn't the point. The point is, I, I forget what I was talking about. We were oh talking no, about with Deadpool ish. Yeah. So with this movie, it's like it didn't necessarily have to be R rated, right? Like if they took yeah. out some of the violence. They could have got a PG-13 rating and probably got more people into the theater to see it because it wasn't R-rated. Um, whereas Deadpool, they took their R rating and they like did a bunch of weird shit with it. Like the example they gave on this podcast was they gave him a baby hand for like no reason. And they just like made masturbation jokes about the baby hand. And it's just like, okay, if you're going to be that weird and like R-rated, just like totally commit in. to it. Yeah. And Birds of Prey didn't really do that. It just had like a slow motion montage with a breakfast sandwich. And like, that's fine and whatever. But like, it's not nearly as. uh, It's not as involved as I think Deadpool is. And I kind of that's what I kind of enjoyed about it, because when it did get really, really involved, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, Because I know Deadpool is kind of one of those. Like, I don't know about your theater, but when I went, it was just a bunch of guys who thought they were really, really fucking cool, and they were not cool. And At Deadpool? Yeah. And I think if it had gone any more like Deadpool, the same guys would have been like, oh, that's terrible, and it would have attracted a bunch of also, like, other weird people to this movie. But, like, it, it almost it almost hits that range of, like, do you were you an emo kid in high school? I don't know if you were ever an emo kid or were friends with no, emo kids. Not really. They're like, you know, you have the username with all the X's and all the random caps and stuff like that. Like, okay. I, I thought that movie was going to be a little bit more emo in that respect because you, you know, like, Deadpool welcome was going to be more emo. No, I thought Birds of Prey was going to be more oh, emo. Okay. So I thought it was going to be like more welcome to my twisted mind, like like Jared Leto's Joker, but like in an. Yeah in a bigger movie but also like you know it's like three edgy five me i'm so cool because i tattooed like um fucked up on my leg or so you know i was expecting it to be like that and there were times where it really approached that line but it didn't go there and that's what i liked about it too yeah i don't know i guess the studio wanted after suicide squad to do a spinoff movie of jared leto's joker 
Which, from what I've heard, he was like the worst part of Suicide Squad. I heard he wasn't even in it that much, and Margot Robbie was actually the best part of that movie. Right. And so Margot Robbie really fought for this this movie to exist. So like a lot of this movie's, I guess, entire existence is is because Margot Robbie really pushed for it. I think they wanted her to do a spinoff movie with Joker, but she was like, no, no, we're going to do, I want to do Birds of Prey. So this is like, a lot of this was her doing, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Like for as much as this movie works in parts and doesn't work in other parts, I think it's cool that we got this movie, that like this sort of thing exists because it's not the normal, it's not the normal superhero movie you get, and it's not the normal like female superhero movie that you get either. Yeah, makes- and it's not really like that kind of comedy that leans. I like. I know a lot of people complain about like female comedians just leaning on like period jokes and fat jokes and stuff like that. And I think it kind of approached that line with it, but it wasn't. It it never really got there, but it did definitely approach that line at some points. And I know a lot of other people were complaining. Well, not a lot of other people from the people I was looking at on Reddit. Um, somebody was like, "Oh, this basically was just one wink fest for Margot Robbie to promote herself." And there's only one part I can really see that at, and that's the one part I didn't like about that movie, um, is when she gets slapped and she goes, um, she has that diamonds are a girl's best friend kind of flashback thing. Like, I don't know. I did not like that at all. That was when it started reaching, like, that's when I started cringing and going like, ooh, this is such like a welcome to my twisted mind, XOXOXXX, ampersands, all up in the wazoo, black hearts everywhere. That's when it kind of started getting (laughs) to that point for me. But, like, if we had taken that out, I thought it would have been a lot better. (laughs) See, I liked that part for what it could have been. Like, I like that they just randomly threw, like, a musical number in the middle of it. And I thought that that would have been fun, except they just kept sort of intercutting it with, like, what was really happening in the moment. And it took away from what, like, the violence that was happening on screen and it also took away from like the fun sort of kitschy nature of the whole musical number that was going on. And, yeah, like, that was really annoying too. Separate yeah. them out. Like let them have their like music number just for the hell of it and that would be fun. I think so and I agree with that. I think that would have been a lot better. I I do not like the way they put it in at all. It it just seemed like oh let's just throw it in and that's where I could see kind of like the self-promoting kind of they were they like they've been bitching that she's been like self-promoted that's the only place i could see that the rest of it seemed really really fun and really really good um the one other problem i did have with it was cassandra kane mm-hmm. she, she was not good like the actors for a, and i feel really bad because she is a child but her lines and some of her acting were not good i, I like, thought she was she was fine i don't know i again i thought that the standouts were margot robbie and uh journey smollett bell and then and ewan mcgregor i thought those three really carried the movie and then everyone else in it was serviceable like they did did what they had to do i know a lot of people really liked mary elizabeth uh, winstead in it and she had some funny moments at the end but otherwise i thought she was she was just fine i thought she was uh, honestly i i liked her because she's relatable because, you know, sometimes you're hanging out with all these really cool people and you don't know what to say other than, like, I like your leather pants. Good job kicking in them. Yeah, she was like, pretty awkward job. at the end, which was which was great. 
Yeah. And like, I thought that was relatable and I thought it was charming. Um, That's actually the other thing too, is it was very like, there were little things in it that were very like, oh, if you were a girl or if you were somebody who was in that situation, get it. Like the whole part where she's like freaking out because her hair is in her face and Harley's like, you want a hair tie? Yeah, that was like, a good dude, little like solidarity in the action. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I kind of liked that kind of like that kind of thing. And she's like, oh, it's really hard to kick in high pants. I'm like, in tight pants. I'm like, true that. <laughs> like 100%. Yeah. See, I'm thinking back to what we were talking about earlier now, like kind of sinking in with what we were saying about the the diamonds are a girl's best friend scene. And I think maybe that's the problem with this movie overall is like they just don't let you sit with the enjoyable parts of the movie. They Until keep, you hit they that break last everything. Half hour. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's when the movie really comes together because everything before that, it's just like, here's something cool and fun. The police station scene again, where she comes in with her like glitter gun and they just break it up and go to something else before coming back to it. And it's just like, you have something that's fun and entertaining and that people enjoy. Just let that happen. Like, don't, overthink this and and i think yeah. at times it sort of did i think it's kind of i guess the way you described it the way i would kind of akin it to is like when you go to a buffet and there's one really really good thing but there's so much good things that you go back and you kind of interrupt the flow of like you might be eating fried chicken and then you see there's ice cream you're like i love ice cream so you stop in the middle of the fried chicken to go get ice cream you go back to the fried chicken and it's not really the same like, it's kind of like that. That's how I would kind of see it. Maybe I'm just a fat ass, though. Who knows? That's an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, what I did like, though, is, like, they, they hit upon her psychiatrist background. Like, she was talking about, like, um, revenge is hardly the catharsis that, like, anybody needs or wants. Like, they did bring that up a lot. And I thought that was really cool. Because yeah. a lot of the time, like when you get Harley Quinn, she's just a ditz and she has no retention of the character that she was before the Joker. And I think that was really cool. Like them having her be a little bit of a psycho, like being smart. And right. Being, I mean, like, it's, it's her taking back her agency. Yeah. And I really, I appreciated that. And I really did like that. And I thought the stuff that she did bring up, like it's all right. And it's also like appropriately timed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I, I think the movie, like, overall, I think the movie was fun. And at times it tried to do a little too much plotting. But, I, I mean, that's the thing. With, with any of these superhero movies, anytime they really try to be anything more than just fun, they end up feeling, I don't, I, they just, they don't feel genuine. And I yeah. guess a superhero movie can't really ever feel totally genuine, but when they try too hard to feel genuine, then it that's a problem. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. I can agree with that. But I know you were saying you also didn't like the part where like you were all obsessed over the sandwich. And like that's why I say you are not a true fat ass at heart because you do not understand what the right food will do for you when you are depressed. Like it's so good. Like I related to her when she was like, "Oh, the eggs, the cheese," and then it hits the floor. I was like, "This is perfect. This is like I feel this in my soul." So long. I I didn't think it was that long. I thought it was appropriate, and so I was like, "I appreciate this." You know, in my heart, like you know, going back to my buffet thing, like so much of the movie. It wasn't that much of the movie i thought like it was if they cut it down it would have been fine too but i appreciated for how much it was um 
please do not eat two week uh, old cheese leader. Uh, our listeners, please don't do that. I've done it personally. Don't do it. You'll die. Just don't. You just said you've done it. Yeah. Are you here from beyond the grave? No, just 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 don't do it. Okay, so I think one. So one of the things that we do on this podcast is when we review a movie, because I'm not I'm not talking about this movie again when Cody comes back. Um, we give it our letterbox star rating. So I know you didn't give it any stars on. Uh, I did not. When you, when you logged it, you generally don't on there. Uh, and you can shout out your letterbox if you want anyone to follow you on there. Please don't. Like I have no, a total. No one. No one will. No. No. No one's followed us on there from from this <laughs> it's uh emery win if you want to follow me letterbox there's really nothing on there i like a lot of the the crack reviews like there was this one review about polar which we also should no. have talked about but i didn't bring it up but um about the less we talk about that the better oh please it was such a fun movie um give it give it a star rating out of five out of five Three and a half, I think. All right, I gave it three. So that's going to be the official podcast rating of this uh, this episode. The yeah, I think like like out of us out of us on a scale of ten, which is what I was thinking about earlier, I'd give it like maybe a seven, seven and a half. There you go, something like that. But like on that, if I only get five down stars, to three and a half, yeah. So somewhere around there, like it was good. It just, I mean, it wasn't like my favorite movie, and I like I'd go see it again, but I wouldn't. Like, I pay to go see it again because it was a fun movie. But beyond that, like, I wouldn't get any of the merch for it. I'm not that invested. And usually when I'm into a movie, I get, like, a ton of merch. Like, you know this. You've seen my house. <laughs> yes. Okay. So good <laughs> enough to pay to see twice, but not good enough to buy merchandise. Yes, I agree. Okay. There you go. That's that's the official rating right there. All right. So, Emily, before I let you go, do you want to say anything about the movie weathering for you or with you? Evan didn't understand it because Evan has no soul. I understood it. No, you fucking didn't. If you thought I she should have, if you thought what should have happened should have stayed we there. We have to kill the 100% sunshine girl. No, she you don't understand solution. true love. You are wrong and you do not understand true love. Actually, They're 15. How is okay, that true love? It was actually kind of funny because after Josh and I came home from that movie, we were talking. We're like, what would Evan say about this movie? And we like predicted all this stuff that you would say. And when after you texted me, after you saw it, you said almost everything that we thought you would say. And we were like laughing. Look, look, I appreciate the animation. I I even appreciate the love story at the heart of it. The thing that pissed me off was they they got to the middle and they're just like, oh yeah, sometimes the weather's just funky and you just gotta wait for it to clear up. And I'm just like, no, that's not. This is the totally wrong message for this moment in time. Kill the 100% sunshine girl. You don't understand loving somebody enough that you would want the rest of the world to suffer for them. No, I don't. I, yeah, I see, don't that's what I'm saying. That. See, that's what I'm saying. And I feel like anybody that has that perspective is wrong. You're wrong. Um, that being said, I loved weathering with you. I thought it was better than Kimi no Nawa. Wano. No, no. Okay. yeah, no, that was right. I, your name. It was much better your than name. your name. Okay. Your name was not good. And everybody tries to fight me when I say your name was not good. Everybody gets super mad at me when I say that. But like Shinkai himself didn't like your name. He also was like, I hate this movie. See Weathering with you People instead. People like your name. I, I don't like it. It lasted like 12. It, there's like four or five times where I thought that movie was going to stop. And legit, when I got out of that movie, 
I, Josh and I went to a pizza, po- uh, we went to California Pizza Kitchen, Great. and I was just sitting there and I was just staring at the table. California and he's like, Pizza Kitchen, please pay us. Yeah, please. I need sponsorship. But I was sitting there staring at the table. He's like, You want to order something? I'm like, No. It's like, You want to talk about the movie? I'm like, No, shut up. Let me process this. <laughs> and like, I sat there for a good hour, half hour, hour and a half, maybe. We were done with the pizza and we were getting into the car and I went, you know what? And then I started talking about it. That's that's how conflicted I was about that movie because I am his biggest fan. I've met Makoto Shinkai. I have everything I have that is from him. I have it signed by him. And it says to Emily on it. Like, Congrats. I love him, but I did not like your name. Like it was an okay movie. and But like I thought Weather Room With You was just so much more of a better narrative. Like it was like more cohesive. And... I don't know. It didn't feel like it should have ended like four times before it actually did. But I don't know if you got this because during Weathering with You, there were a bunch of cameos from his other mo- people from his other movies in it. So I it was gotten that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you would have gotten it because, like, in my theater, everybody started cheering. So I don't know if they, like that happened in your theater where everybody started clapping and cheering, and, or like there was an audible gasp, and then you were just like, "What the heck?" They is just, this? they just all got excited for the cat. That was it. Oh yeah, that, like, that everyone cat's... lost their shit when the cat would like make a face and they'd be like, "Oh my." Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Like, um, I went to a a, yeah. I live in a weeby area, and I'm a weeb, so like everybody just freaked out and started cheering because some of his old characters show up in Weathering with You, and it was like a cool little cameo, which I thought was neat. Well, you also went to like the more expensive preview screening, like see it early thing too, didn't you? Yeah, I went to the fan screening for it because there you go. Like hell, I'm not gonna go see the preview of a Makoto Shinkai movie. Like, are you kidding me? No, we're gonna go see it. Um that being said, I do have three Makoto Shinkai movies sitting on my shelf right now at my house. And, and he, he drew cats on point? them. Well my he point is cats. Yeah he drew cats on them. I'll send you a Did picture. They look like the cat? No, they they just look they look like the Bongo cat. I don't know if you know who Bongo Cat uh, is. No, but... I don't. Okay. You're speaking like a totally different language right now, so I'm glad we talked about Birds of Prey. You didn't. You don't and speak weeb. Weathering with you because <laughs> you don't speak None weeb. of this makes sense to me. <laughs> my my point is there are he does do a lot of other movies, and I'm not sure you'd like them more or less because they're not as deep of a message, and some of the resolutions are kind of they leave you hanging because his movies are very like true to life. Like you don't always get the girl at the end. Sometimes you just grow up and you fade apart. Bonus points Sometimes if you know which Tokyo floods. Yeah, because because you're too selfish to kill because the 100% true love, sunshine fuck girl. You <laughs> true love, it's worth it. Anyway, um, my point is you should come over and we should watch those movies and we should do them uh, like a if we do a weeb podcast, I will be commanding that you don't. I I commandeered this ship beforehand, so you know. Okay, don't do this without sounds, me. <laughs> sounds like a deal. At some point, we will do that. Uh, but in the meantime, Emily, I want to thank you for coming on the show to talk about your favorite movie, Birds of Prey. My uh, favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to sell this to Cody, okay? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, th- thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me again. It was good to reunite for just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just like old times. Alright guys, thanks for uh, listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as Emily and I enjoyed recording it. 
Um, like we said on the, the show, we used to do a podcast with a few of our friends before, so we were hoping to capture a little bit of the spirit of that show uh, in bringing you this one. But with that, uh, this this is the last solo show before Cody gets back, so hopefully I have uh, steered the ship well enough in his absence, but certainly I know I'll be glad to have him back uh, by my side here for the show next week. And for that show, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but I would uh, be willing to guess that it's probably Sonic. And if I can drag Cody to go see Portrait of a Lady on Fire, we're going to be talking about that uh, either next week or the week after. As soon as, uh, as soon as I'm able to see that movie again, it will be a topic of discussion. In the meantime, go ahead and give us a follow if you'd like on... Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, all those platforms. We are at Spinning the Real, R E E L. Uh, and of course, you can always find me at Sneaky Snakes26 on Twitter and on Letterboxd. I think I'm Evan D26. So go ahead and give me a follow there if you'd like. Um, and with that, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>